What's with Mountain Dew? Mountain Dew is like a zipline of incredible flavor directly into your brain. Mountain Dew is like getting punched in the mouth with pure neon refreshment that creates a neural explosion sending flavor shards of electric brain pulses into your very core of being. Okay, maybe that's a little over the top, but you get the idea. The fact is, the mind-bending challenge of describing the taste of Mountain Dew is way harder than just experiencing it. That, of course, is easy. Just grab an ice-cold dew, crack it open, and toss them back. Mountain Dew. Do the dew. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. Let's make that climb together up the, the green, green peak. peak with your host, Richard Zwicky. Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Zwicky with The Green Peak. And joining me today, we have Matthew Carr with the Oxford Club. And the Oxford Club is a uh, investment group that is participating in many facets of the market. Matthew, why don't you tell everybody a bit about what the Oxford Club does and where you're looking for things to be going over the next nine months? Okay, so the Oxford Club, we are uh, like a financial newsletter company. One of We're part of one of uh, the largest financial publishing companies uh, in North America. Uh, what we focus on is um, technology, cannabis, uh, Bitcoin. That's what my segment follows. We look at all anything that's new and breaking, uh, anything that, that's on that cutting edge, that's where we like to be. That's where we like to position ourselves and what we like to cover. So we have websites like profittrends.com, which is free for anybody to sign up for. And you can see that me and my colleague, Dave Fessler, we cover, um, like I said, Bitcoin, we cover oil and gas, we cover technology stocks, we cover cannabis stocks, we cover AI, uh, data centers, all that kind of stuff. So now, what do I think is going to happen over the next nine months? Are we talking in terms of cannabis? Or are we talking in terms of the broader market? Because <laughs> the broader market, I think, is, is well, very one and, one and the other are unfortunately going to be, are fortunately and unfortunately going to be connected in some way. <laughs> yeah. So the the broader markets are 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 are, are fascinating because you know this is a, a market that goes uh, day by day. We've had a very strong rally from those March twenty third lows. Um, there is going to be, I, I think we would probably see a pullback. I figured we would see a pullback in June, and that's actually what's playing out. Now, as for cannabis, it has been a very strong start for the year for for, for the industry. We, we began outpacing the broader markets back in January. Uh, the bear market then hit. Uh, cannabis really, really uh, took a beating during that time. I was actually afraid that cannabis might not even survive that. We had the Avali crisis in 2019 to have that long crisis then be followed up with COVID-19 was, was, was very scary, but the market has responded very, very well. And I think uh, we're looking to end out 2020 on a very strong note. Yeah, no, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but also, I mean, as we talk about investing and where the outlook for the market is, um, the direction of the U.S. dollar vis-a-vis -vis the rest of the world is looking to be challenged. Um, I'm seeing a lot of analysis, which is, you know, on the conservative side, seeing the U.S. dollar is going to drop about 10% vis-a-vis other major currencies uh, like the euro with a high end of about 35%. And while I wouldn't necessarily start uh, giving out, you know, free advice or making any recommendations for people to 
buy or uh, you know sell dollars based on that because I'm not uh, necessarily the one to do the final interpretation. As a as an investor in the market, that has to be a consideration when you're looking at where to invest, especially in the canvas market, because if the dollar does drop by, let's say it goes into a 20%, so it's an average of all of the various data points, and you invest a million dollars into a company in the US versus a million dollars into a company in LATAM, which is a high growth and the currencies are all really moving up, you're going to have a very different uh, investment uh, outcome. How, how are you looking at that? Uh, that's not something that really comes into our equation too much because when we look at the cannabis sector, I mean, Canadian companies, those are the, they're selling in Canada. You have companies like Aurora and Canopy and so forth that do have an international presence, but that's still like not a, not a, an extremely large part of their entire uh, sort of revenue or sales. U.S. multi-state operators, they're not selling outside of the U.S., <laughs> right, uh-huh. everything everything is is is, is stuck here, uh, and then you know when you look at at Latin American companies um, selling into the UK, selling into Canada, those are both really great opportunities. But for me, I'm not going to get bogged down in the the dollar. Uh, I think the 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 cannabis sector itself is showing some resiliency, regardless of what the dollar is going to do. I think. There's a lot of headline and, and ink kind of spilt on the valuation of the dollar. But if you look back over you know, the last several decades, the dollar's went down like 95% <laughs> in terms of its value. Um, so that, that doesn't come into consideration for us in terms of, of, of cannabis. Okay. Um, but... You know, like you've got, you mentioned Canopy and Aurora, who also for New York listings. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they do have an international presence. You have companies like Pharmaciello and Chiron, which are based in Colombia, but listed in Canada. You've got the USMSOs who are listed in Canada. The Canadian dollar is supposed to, because it's also a petrodollar, among other things, it's obviously going to be more impacted um, by some of these changes. But somebody putting a dollar in has to be mindful of, not just how the sector is going to do, but where's that company and how it's going to be affected by the currency change. If I were to invest in a company that's listed and has its main operation in, in uh, or has a large exposure to Europe and a lot of billings in Europe where the euro is expected to surge vis-a-vis the U.S. dollar, you know, it doesn't matter if the U.S. dollar goes down 20% and the company goes up 10, you're still down. If the a European company goes up 10% and the euro goes up 20%, you're killing it. Very true. Um, now we focus on American investors, so mm-hmm. that's why for for we're not really involved too much in that currency exchange rate on, on the Canadian on the Canada side. Okay, okay. So um, with regards to the the stocks that you know and the market you look at is. Uh, do you look at the full cannabis sector, or you focus? You know, you do like the MSOs mostly on the U.S. based. Are you looking at the micro caps? Are you looking at the small caps? Are you looking at any of them, the the slightly, I mean, there's no large caps really that I'd speak of in the sector yet. I mean, it's a it's an immature sector relative to everything else. Where do you focus? Uh, we focus pretty broad based. For me, the cannabis is a very interesting sector because this is something that we've been able to watch be born and uh that leads to a lot of different opportunities. And so we break it down into to, to different pieces. 
Now in the US, focus on the MSOs. Most of those are gonna be trading here on OTC. So that's what we'll mm -hmm. look at. Uh, right now, I've really been uh, very focused on ancillary companies. Um, I like, it, it, it's an interesting prospect that, you know, from, from a business perspective, tying up capital uh, for a decade or more leasing a space can be sort of <laughs> like gut-wrenching, but from an investor, that's what you really want. So I've really been a big proponent of a company Companies like Innovative Industrial Properties, like Real Estate Investment Trust, those are great. That's a company that not only are shares have surged, but the fact that you have this dividend that's grown more than 600% in less than four years that it's been publicly traded. That is, is an excellent opportunity. Um, we look at, you know, even companies in um, the extraction space. Yeah. Those were 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 very strong performers in 2019 uh, because you do have that that CBD market coming online that is expected to be very robust and you know they've been basically been putting CBD in everything every store is starting to carry the uh, CBD products every cannabis company is launching their own CBD line mm -hmm. so we we're, we're we're not pigeonholed into one sector there is somewhat of a limit that we can't go into penny stocks that we don't, I mean, like, and I mean, like real, real, real penny stocks, not just stocks that trade uh, under the $5. I was going to say, that's, there's a lot of cut stocks under the $5 point. <laughs> yeah, but, but for, for being a true penny stock, there's a lot more to that, to that equation. So we don't go into the companies that, um, you know, trading, we, we have micro cap or market cap restrictions just because of the number of subscribers we have. Uh, you don't want to in, unintentionally move a stock because you're, it, it's too small for your for your reader base. For sure, for sure. Let's come back to that after the break. We have to take a break okay. for uh, for our listeners and advertisers who want to hear all about it. But uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes with Matthew Carr with the Oxford Club. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com, Protus Global. 
Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're back on the Green Peak. I'm Richard Zwicky, and joining me, of course, today is Matthew Carr with the Oxford Club. And, you know, Matthew, uh, you mentioned just before you break, broke, uh, or we broke that, uh, you know, your focus, of course, your subscriber base, which I'd love to get into, and you're working with the micro, uh, the small caps under $5 for the most part, but not going too far down towards the true micro caps, which are penny stocks. Um, how large is your subscriber base? Um, and how often do you publish? So for profit trends, you know, we have a pretty substantial subscriber base in six figures. Uh, we publish, uh, every day pretty much Mm -hmm. now for that is our, that is our, our, our introductory sort of like educational advisory. Mm -hmm. We're going to cover all these different markets. When you get into paid services that, that varies because there are different levels, different, each of the premium services uh, cost a different amount. So, right. And the stocks you, I mean, there's particular stocks I'm sure you track as benchmarks across the industry, as opposed to a different one, you know, every day and week. Um, how often do you refresh the view on those, the ones you're covering as benchmarks? Well, uh, we go back to it pretty regularly. Uh, canopy growth. That's been one of, you know, my number one cannabis stock to own <laughs> for the last several years mm-hmm. um, just because of its footprint, just because it is so heavily weighted in every single one of the, the indexes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Horizons, Marijuana, Life Sciences, uh, ETF, that's wherever Canopy goes, that's generally where that index is going to go. And I always say that wherever Canopy goes, that's where um, the market itself goes. So sure. look at that. We look at uh, Aurora uh, pretty regularly, Afria, Hexo. You know, right now because of the the sort of Robinhood investor, you know, they're kind of funneled into only those 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 Canadian producers or the the cannabis stocks that trade on major U.S. So that's that's a very that's a very limited amount, but we try to follow those pretty closely. Yeah, I mean, those are the leading indicators for the health of the industry from a public market perspective, obviously, and well worth everybody paying attention to. Um, you know, they're, they're bellwether stocks in many ways. And uh, while one of them could be up on a particular day, when you look at three or four of them going in the same direction, you realize if it isn't hitting your stock, it's going to be hitting it in the next day anyways. Exactly. So you can see like, you know, at a day like today where, where Canopy and Aurora are both selling off a little bit. Um, Aurora more heavily than Canopy, but. Right. Well, Aurora had the, uh, two days ago, I think it was, they had the, 
what thousand plus layoffs and the announcement of four uh, facilities close. Focusing yeah. on, uh, you know, to, to consolidate folk, uh, production around Aurora Sky and two of the others. Yeah, and that and that's and that's an interesting company because that is now one of like the most popular stocks on the Robinhood app. Um, it was a company that that that's the story recently has been very interesting because we were actually talking a few months ago that this was a, a company that was in danger of being delisted following that same path that that can trust because it was below that one dollar level. Mm-hmm. I was struggling to break through. You know, you have to do this reverse split, report a good quarter. You know, the stock goes on this tear. Um, but reverse splits have generally been, you know, <laughs> kind of like a death knell for, for 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 companies. So it's very interesting that in this situation that has seemed to pay off. That we're we're seeing that you know shares rise, um, and then you know these these cuts that it's having to do are actually going to help its uh, bottom line over the next several months. So, Right. Yeah, no, I mean, the the cuts that are so critical and necessary for so many of the firms and the ones that haven't been doing it, haven't been adjusting to the new reality or are delusional, unfortunately. And, and this, yeah, and this is something that we, uh, we kind of really delved into back in 2019. You know, he had that big, massive M&A boom uh, in the years before that, 2018, somewhat. In yeah, pretty much died off in March of 2018, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, 2019. It was just, sorry. Yeah, it was just so crazy. It was like every single deal was bigger than the last one. It was a new record, new record, new record, new record. and those were all driving up um, shares of these of these companies. Like you would announce a deal, you'd have this big 10, 15, 20 percent pop. Uh, but we all knew that there was eventually you're going to have to pay for this. You know, they're doing a lot of dilution, um, share dilution, which was um, unfortunate. And you saw that 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 mood turn in 2019 where new deals were announced. And it was just like, oh, sell off, sell off, sell off. Um, uh-huh. But I think we're we're in a, in a situation that the market the, the industry itself is coming to that that realization that you are going to have to cut costs. You are going to have to um, limit that footprint. It was grow at all costs for the last for the couple of years prior to that. And I think that led to devastation. And we were talking last year that we believed that 50 to 70 percent of the M&A activity would have to be um either renegotiated or outright canceled because there was no way these companies were going to survive. And on top of that, in the U.S., you had that the DOJ, like antitrust, just <laughs> those investigations just dragging out for for forever and ever and taking up so much time. Right. No, absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately, I've heard a couple of the, uh, the former CEOs of some of those companies say, you know, the... The way they ran it was you did a deal, you announced if you didn't get enough of a pop, you just do another deal. Yeah. And it wasn't really based on true value, which is unfortunate um, for, for all the investors and shareholders and also for the employees of the companies because, you know, they were deprived in many ways the opportunity of earning as much as they could have because of the, the lack of attention to some of the fundamentals. And uh Unfortunately, the industry is growing out of that, hopefully very, very rapidly. I know our firm, uh, we've shied away from the press releases for that reason. In the meantime, we've grown to be uh, one of the largest and actually probably the largest B2B supplier in the uh, in the global markets. 
without making a lot of noise because we've been focused on the fundamentals, which is much more powerful in the long run. Um, so, you know, speaking of fundamentals, when you're reviewing, you're putting out, you know, reports on a daily basis, which is which is a lot. I know a lot of the banks don't manage to keep up to that uh, cadence, and that's tough. And they'll, you know, they'll update their reporting on some of the biggest stocks once a month, most, but most stocks about every three months, so once a quarter. And then you work with some of the um, other uh, investment banks and houses around getting monthly reports, and you're you're doing you know, even greater frequency and cadence to it than that, which is obviously a challenge, but it's a, you know, it's part of your your business and business model because as you mentioned, you've got a, over 100,000 subscribers. What are the different packages people subscribe to? Uh, well, you first off is a, is a, is a free uh, e-letter that's Profit Trends. Right. Uh, you could then, if you, if you like that, you know, I suggest checking out our monthly e-letter uh, mm-hmm. strategic trends investor that comes out once a month. And then I have uh, what we call VIP trading services or premium research services. Right. Those go out every single week, multiple times and uh, either multiple rep- recommendations a week or just portfolio updates and a recommendation. So those are, those are, that'll be more of uh, each of, each of the, the ones that I, that I've, that I run Trouble as a pro of Viper alert and dynamic fortunes. Each of those have different strategies behind them. So uh, it's a very robust and unique kind of perspective on the markets. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it is very active. Now, for I just want to say, like, we don't update our cannabis stuff every single week. We used to run um, a, a segment called Beyond the Bongs, Beyond the Bong every Monday, which included the high five, our five stocks to watch right. in the cannabis sector for the week ahead. We kind of slowed that down. Uh, in part just because of kind of Google compliance, Google, like anytime you start getting too much into cannabis or crypto, Google will start. Yeah. All the, all the internet police start, <laughs> start shutting you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's very much, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. There are a few uh, networks which do take the ads, but there's a number of like Google that just still don't. And uh, even though it is, you know, even in countries where it is legal um, federally and in, and uh, completely regulated, they uh, they shy away from it because of their U.S. exposure. Um, let's come back to some of that and also a bit about the uh, the network when we come back from our next break with Matthew Carr with the Oxford Club. I'm Richard Zwicky with The Green Peak, coming right back. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The The Green Green Peak Peak with Richard Zwicky. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. 
The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. It's time to Hemp Resent. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're back for our last part of the segment today. And uh, Richard Zwicky with Matthew Carr from the Oxford Club. And Matthew, you've got, um, you know, touched a bit upon the uh, different tiers of services the Oxford Club offers to its subscribers. And um, Oxford Club itself is part of a larger organization, I believe. Um, uh, the Agora Group. Yes, we are part of, we're, we're one division inside of uh, the larger company, Agora. And Agora has, how many other parts of Agora deal with financial and analysis and reporting? I believe almost all of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, we, we, we try to provide a, a very diverse perspective. So each group will have um, their different kind of uh, viewpoints on the world. And that's how we feel that we can have this robust discussion about the markets. Right. And um, how long has Oxford existed and like relative to the Agora group itself? Because I mean, um, I think there's lots of news on the market and the net just about Agora and different things, but Oxford, not as much. Oh, we've been around. uh, Well, I've been, I've been with the Oxford club for 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. A more, actually, longer than ten years. So, you know, time flies. Uh, the Oxford Club itself has been around uh, thirty years since the since the nineties. So right. Uh, and the Gore itself, I really don't know the exact date that it was formed, but I know it started um, a few years before then, several years before then. Sure. No, of course. So. You know, with all the stocks you deal with, and because you're not a you're not a bank, you're an independent organization. Um, you don't have to follow the same uh, protocols in many ways the banks do, where they're you know the analysts are separated from the bankers. Uh, there's a bit of a Chinese wall in the organization, and we've we've run into this number of times where you know the conversations are completely separate and discrete, and there isn't crossover so that the bankers and the and the analysts there isn't a analyst who's involved in the investing side. How, how does your organization handle uh, investing? And, you know, are you precluded from investing in the stocks you're recommending? Are you, how are you handling that? So I'm actually, I'm precluded from investing in any of the, the stocks that I recommend. I can't own them or sell them. Uh, any employee of the Oxford Club, if I make a recommendation, and they're like, oh, well, I want to follow Matt's recommendation. Um, they would have to wait 24 hours. Again, the Oxford Club itself does not do any investing in stocks or equities or the market itself. We're just providing information, recommendations, and research. 
Right. Okay. So you do have a policy in place with regards to abstaining from the market or not. So, and within the group itself, um, is there trading of information because you're all working towards the same sector? I mean, say same investments, protocols, and strategies. I, I'm not. I'm not sure what you mean by like. So, do we kind of, do I do I talk to uh, some of the guys? Like some of the other strategies? You do coordinate research or, no, you know, have a bullpen of we're going to be covering the following stocks over the next 14 days, seven days, so that there's a bit of coordination so you're not all publishing about the same group and you all have a heads up of what's going on. Uh, no, not really. There's no sort of coordinated efforts. Everybody uh, kind of covers their own areas and specialties. But, you know, I will say that these guys that I, that I do work with, um, are some of the smartest guys that I know in investing. So mm-hmm. if I am looking at a company in a sector that I know they're more educated in, I will ask, uh, I will, I'll reach out to them and, and ask what they know about the company, what they know about, uh, you know, maybe the product, what they know about the opportunity and get their opinion. So that's the only time that we, have, we ever, any sort of uh, coordination is that we, we talk to each other and try to learn from each other as much as we can. Sure. Um, so I, I'm, I'm on the younger side at the, <laughs> at the group. Uh, a lot of the guys are, are, are a decade or more older than me, uh, which is why they were maybe more hesitant to enter into the cannabis space. Um, but so I, so I will turn to them and ask questions about uh, various companies that, that I know that they're, that's their expertise. Right. No, no, that's, that's fair. And that's understandable. It was more just a question of, you know, from editorial and practices and just how you keep a, a Chinese wall in the organization, because, you know, if you're publishing something about, uh, inf- you know, information about thing coming up and somebody else is covering it as well, there can be some latency between different areas of the group. And if you publish on it, and I'm not saying this happens, I'm just saying, you know, if you publish on a Tuesday and somebody else publishes on a Wednesday, the investors who buy on the Tuesday uh, and the stock goes up, the ones who get in on Wednesday, they're going to be disadvantaged. And uh, so I was wondering how you coordinate and make sure you don't have that happen and that, you know, you don't end up being, uh, you know, having a problem for uh, investors who are just getting the information a day behind. I, I, I got what you're saying. Um, like I said, I, do how we deal with that? This is actually a situation that came up this week. Uh, I'm not going to name the company, but one of my colleagues came out and recommended the stock that I was like, I was about to recommend, <laughs> right? And one of their and one of their uh, premium research services, and so they beat me to the punch. You know, I, I'm not going to recommend it to mine. Um, so, and and that's how that works from my perspective. Right. So you yeah, pull, you don't publish if somebody else in the group is published in the last day or two. Right. And and generally, I mean, if you if sometimes a, a, a recommendation, different services will have uh, repeats, but there'll usually be a very wide distance between the two. The biggest okay. problem that we run in is maybe um, someone's short and someone's long something. <laughs> and right. Then, <laughs> And then your readers, the the, re, the readers of both are then asking for clarification. Of course, of course. So we're out of time, unfortunately, for the day. But I'd like to thank you for joining and oh. uh, discussing, you know, what you're doing and where you see the market going and some of the uh, the perspectives on that. So um, thank you very much, Matthew. 
and uh, to our listeners for participating today. And if somebody wants to learn more about the Oxford Group and uh, the Oxford Club, sorry, um, obviously they should visit the the Oxford Club website and uh, you know look up the information. What site should they domain should they visit, and should they contact you directly or go straight to the domain? Oh, you can check out OxfordClub.com if you're interested in uh, anything that I do covering cannabis or any of the other sectors like 5G. You can check out ProfitTrends.com. That's where I would suggest to start. And then we also have a YouTube channel. Uh, profit trends. Yeah. And, you know, I think every investor who gets involved in the market needs to uh, do tons of research, look at and listen, read lots of analysis, leads lots of reports, make their decisions based on being really well educated. And there's, you know, no shortage of information out there for everybody to make decisions based upon because these are serious decisions we all need to make along mm-hmm. the way because we all put a lot, we work hard to make our money and we don't want to not work hard and lose our money either at the same time. <laughs> so it's none of it's easy work. So uh, just going from that, but find lots of good research is, uh, is important. Build a good portfolio. Thanks everybody for listening this week. And I look forward to chatting again next week and uh, talking with you in between. I'm Richard Zwicky with uh, Green Peak. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just 2 bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty? sizzling to perfection. It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just two bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.